Welcome to this week's episode of the Sullivan and Sons Sports Podcast. I'm Seamus Sullivan. And I'm Mark Sullivan. So the Australian Open has been going on recently. That's tennis. It's one of the four majors in tennis. And not a lot of people watch it. I'm sure I haven't been watched, at least not live, because I'm looking at the semifinals are tonight at 2.30 a.m. So you going to be watching it? No, I'm not (laughs) going to. You know, they're about probably 12 hours ahead of us, and that's why you see that difference there. But the reason we bring it up is because there's a, a really cool story, and it's also ironic and funny at the same time. There is a man, he made it to the quarterfinals. He's an American man. He made it to the quarterfinals. He was unranked, unseated. In fact, he mostly plays at the, uh, like, they call it the Challenger Tour, so you could say that's more like the... Uh, minor leagues. Minor, minor league, yeah. That's, <laughs> I don't know why I was blanking on that. His name get this his name is tennis tennis it's spelt with a y instead of an i his name's tennis sandgren and he's from tennessee (laughs) (laughs) and he's a men's tennis player and did his parents like were they tennis players or want him to play tennis is that how he got his name no it sounds like it was just it was just coincidence i've never even heard the name tennis before no i would think of uh tennis in the last name for the yeah yeah writer but that would be about it so it, it was pretty funny but it was cool to see him he was the last american standing we've had this recent development of these uh who was the guy before sam query i think is how you say his last name do you remember him and then i think might have been jack sock was also these, these unranked unseated men going pretty deep into tournaments so it, was it cool might to, be just a reflection of the changing of the guard because that would be awesome <laughs> because you are seeing the guys who have have kind of been at the top for many years are reaching the and I don't know that these guys are up-and-coming guys. I think they're just guys who are getting an opportunity because there's a gap now before the next generation comes along. Because you've I th- had the, I think the, your the, observation and your analysis is correct because Djokovic was eliminated pretty early, I think at the third or fourth round, and he lost in straight sets to the guy. Uh, his name is Hyung Chung. I don't know. He's a South Korean. He was the guy who beat the American, unfortunately, in the quarterfinals. But he's the first... So he beat tennis. He beat, <laughs> yes, he beat <laughs> tennis at his own game, right? <laughs> but but uh, he beat uh, tennis in the, the quarterfinals, and he's the first Korean man in uh, a semifinal of a major in tennis. So that, w- that was pretty cool. Uh, I wish the American had made it, obviously. But he had beat Djokovic in straight sets, and then a guy... Uh, Nadal actually pulled out in the fifth set, but he was getting spanked pretty good. I don't know if Andy Murray even competed in this tournament. I didn't see anything about him. Right. But uh, Federer did. Federer, he's in the semifinals. He's playing Chung. So, okay. Uh, he's like the last of the big four there. And then I forget who's in the the other semifinal. I'm totally blanking right now. I, I, yeah. Anyways. So it'll be it'll be interesting. We saw, and then I think there was also in the quarterfinals was an unranked British guy. I hmm. think his name was something Edmund, Joel Edmund, Kyle Edmund. I I, I might be wrong. You're gonna fact check me. Right? I'm just looking at the looking at the men's singles bracket, <laughs> and they've yes yeah, so they've got uh, Chung playing Federer at 3:30 a.m. Uh, and it was K Edmund who K. lost. Edmund. To a, uh, I can't even recognize this flag here, Marin Silic, Croatian. No wonder I couldn't recognize yeah. it. I think it's Silic actually, not a big Silic. deal. But he, he's he's pretty good actually. He's been uh, 
I think he has won a major in recent years, but he's, he usually competes uh, pretty deep into a tournament. So, but yeah, that uh, K Edmund, I think his name is Kyle British guy. So that was interesting. He was also unranked unseated. So all these uh, random guys get it. it which oh, is Silich nice beat, to see. was one who knocked Federer out last year. No, this year he, where he retired, he beat him three, six, six, three, six, seven. Oh, he beat Nadal, six, two. you mean? Oh, he yeah, Rafael, Rafael Nadal. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, I think he... He was up 2-0 in the last yeah. one. He's, so, he cited an still, but yeah. But, so, I don't know. We might talk about it next week, whoever wins. Maybe we won't. Pro- probably we won't, uh, since it won't be the American. But it was just cool. And I, I cannot believe that his name is Dennis <laughs> and that he's from Tennessee. <laughs> so, just had to... We don't really talk about tennis all that much, but we had to talk about it there. We also had some heartbreak recently for Minnesota fans. They Minnesota Vikings, they lost in the NFC Championship game to the Philadelphia That's Eagles. understating it. <laughs> they got a real beat down. So yeah. they lost 38-7, and I didn't think about it, but I saw a, I don't know, a title to an article or something that said uh, uh, that the Eagles scored 38 unanswered points. And I didn't think about it that way, but I'm like, yeah, that – is what happened. So that's that's pretty brutal to score a touchdown in the first five minutes of the game and then it, not score at all. Yeah, it was a it was a your great uncle. I don't know if we had this conversation. I had it with uh, your mom, but uh, he was pre prescient uh, in terms of his prediction on Facebook before the game. He predicted the Eagles would win, not certainly as as big as they did, but he said the fact that the vaunted Vikings defense had given up 24 points in the second half against the Saints and 17 points of the, of those seven of those 24 points 17 were in the fourth quarter he said that the Eagles would very likely study what the Saints had done learn from it and be very effective offensively against them which turned out to be true well I mean I, I don't know if they studied it but clearly they do they do those things right I have trouble now because the <laughs> <laughs> I hope we got that. <laughs> I doubt it. You just, he, my dad just sneezed pretty loudly. So I hope, the, I hope the mics caught that. Um, but I'm, I'm torn because I don't want the Patriots to win. But I hate Philadelphia fans. They are some of the biggest jerks. So much so that their own city has to protect against them. They, the. I'm confused because I've seen it say the police officers are doing it, but to my understanding, it sounds like it was just city workers were putting Crisco all over like street lamps and light poles, and that's uh, so they can light them up afterwards. Yeah, they just go. There's a guy on that pole. Does does Crisco burn? Uh, I don't know. Well, you use it to fry chicken, so uh, oh well. I I just thought it was for (laughs) the they could fry their fans. The slippery effect. I know it was. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, apparently, it's happened. The Cubs fans have done it, and what I I don't get the the mentality behind it. Well, it's I don't think it's let's destroy the city. It's the Detroit probably has the most notorious fans because after the the. Baseball team. Oh, man, I'm drawing a blank on them. Me too. Detroit. (laughs) Tigers. Tigers. After the Detroit Tigers won the World Series in the 1980s, they turned cars over and lit them on fire. And uh, the 80s were particularly notorious for fans being very 
vandalous after their teams would well, win I, games. I Detroit know. wasn't the only one, but they were probably the worst offender. And, and that's what I don't get is if your team won, I don't get why you're destroying stuff when they win. The, the because you've recent- consumed too many adult beverages. <laughs> I guess. We won. Let's uh, smash these shop windows and blow up a car. No, the, the Canucks, this is the one I remember the, the most because it, it was weird because it's Canadians. They lost to the Boston Bruins in the Stanley Cup Finals six years ago, I think. It was 2011. I'm almost positive. And... Yeah, they destroyed their city as well after their hockey team lost. But I, I guess well, that's again. I, you start thinking about it. I'm just top of mind. The when the Minnesota Gophers first won the NCAA championship, there was destruction on the University of Minnesota campus. All kinds of vandalism done there. So when they went back the next year and repeated, they had to make sure that they had plenty of police out in force to prevent them from doing the same type of carnage that they had done the previous yeah. year. Oh well, yeah, that that's good. I I don't understand why that happens, but so I'm having trouble who I'm picking to root for. I I hate Eagles fans, and but I I don't like Tom Brady and the Patriots to win again. So lose lose. I I guess I'll just sit the there first and watch Super Bowl commercials in a tie. Yeah, and then yeah, no play like eight tiebreakers, and they'll just call it a you know two champions that year. But uh, the the uh, Bud Light did a commercial. And I'm sure you've seen this series where they, it's like a king with like his peasants and they say dilly dilly. Yes. Uh, buy Bud Light because they say dilly dilly. They had a specific ad where um, people had been saying Philly Philly. So I guess Bud Light picked up on that and they did a p- little promotional ad where the king says, you know, he does this big long speech and he says, good luck and says, this one's for you, Philly Philly instead mm. of dilly dilly. And they actually, even in the stadium, Bud Light was an advertiser, and they had, like, little, uh, against the Vikings, they had, like, little dilly di- or, uh, Philly Philly signs, and they put it on the video board, too. I was watching the game. Oh, wow. I wasn't there, but I could see, you know, when they do a shot of the stadium between quarters or something, there was a little ad up on the screen that said Philly Philly. But this is the funny part is, so I don't know what region it was. I don't know if it was just Philadelphia or all of Pennsylvania that saw this Philly Philly ad. They did one for the Patriots, too. Where he wow. said, uh, basically, good luck, Patriots, dilly dilly. And I was like, ooh, ooh, they did too. And then this, it just keeps getting more intriguing because I guess, uh, I think it was Chris Long. I'm pretty sure it was Chris Long tweeted at, back in like August. Um, if we win the Super Bowl this year, he was tweeting to Philadelphia. He said, if we win the Super Bowl this year, I'll buy a beer for everybody. That's what Chris Long said. And Bud Light said, you know what? If, if you guys win the Super Bowl, we'll foot the tab. This is back in August. And oh, so I guess wow. somebody remembered in our, you know, 15 minute news cycle, somebody remembered that they had tweeted that. And so they asked, uh, are you going to keep your promise? If the Eagles win the Super Bowl, are you going to buy the entire city beer? And I'm like, they, they don't need it. Um, but <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but I guess Bud Light will honor their, I don't know how they'll do it. If they'll do it with like coupons Probably or coupons. Yeah. I, I, there's no way they're just, you know, having kegs know, sitting you, in the street. It's kind of an unusual one because you can't buy single cans of beer anywhere that I know of. It's not like, you know, you go into your local store and, you know, buy a can of Coke or a bottle yeah. of Coke. I don't know how they would do that. Yeah, I have no idea. Maybe they'll... You could... Yeah, six packs are probably the smallest quantity I think you can buy. Yeah. Anyway, I, I'm sure they'll find some... Maybe creative. it'll be for a game or something. Who knows? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So I, I, I thought that was really interesting of Bud Light. Really good uh, marketing, though. Well, the other uh, thing the Philadelphia fans were doing, I don't know if you caught this at the end of the game... They also were doing a 
satire of the skull chant, but they oh, were, were they yelling. Really? They were yelling. They would do it, clapping, and then say "fools." Oh, that's actually pretty good. <laughs> I like that. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't see the end of the game actually live. I just watched. Uh, well, like the, neither do we, because even at that point, your mom was tired of watching it. So, uh, so. Anyways, yeah, I, I didn't see that or hear about that, but that's uh, that's pretty good. Uh, Very creative. Yes. We also had recently... When you drink enough Bud Light, some creativity comes out. <laughs> hey, we're really trying to get some sponsorships. Oh, yeah, just this, what we need. That'll help my credentialing all the time. <laughs> Bud Light to sponsor. If there's anybody out there at uh, Anheuser-Busch, is that who owns them? <laughs> yeah, that tells you how well we do know this. We don't even <laughs> no, know No, wait, that's Bush. <laughs> I, I don't know. Whoever owns them. Anyways, we're looking for sponsors. Just putting that out there. But also, recently we had the Hall of Fame election for baseball. And in recent years, it's been really exciting because more guys have been getting in, which is, I think it's cool. I mean, I don't know. Some people might not like. A lot of people getting in and want to keep it exclusive. But I think a lot of times guys who are getting in d- deserve it. And so we had four more guys elected this year into the Hall of Fame. It was Chipper Jones, Vladimir Guerrero, Trevor Hoffman, and Jim Tomey. And we both like Jim Tomey because he played for the Sox for a little bit, at least. He was just a class guy. That's he true. He always was a class. He just kind of had a – he just – he like epitomized baseball. Just this burly, you know, <laughs> home run hitting. Yeah, the guy. Yeah. Walk, strike out, home run. That, yeah. <laughs> One of those Designated guys. hitter, didn't field. I just <laughs> crushed the ball. That's all I do. Finished with, uh, I think he finished with 612 home runs. Yeah. Uh, so incredible. It's ironic is that he can get in with the 612, but – Barry Bonds can't get in with over 700. Well, I mean, Jim Tomey probably didn't cheat to get No, I completely agree, and that's part of why he got in over Barry Bonds. Yeah. Because he wasn't juicing. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I I was surprised because him and Clemens both got over 50% of the votes. They're pretty close to the 75% cutoff. And, I mean, there's... People argue a lot of times, they say, well, if you're going to keep out Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, you should keep out guys like Piazza and other guys that maybe had, like, suspicion. Correct. But I'm, who, weren't, who weren't confirmed as having been using steroids in the steroid it's, era. It's so, especially Clemens, because wasn't he, in fact, got in trouble for lying to Congress? They proved it so well that he had cheated, something like that? I because he went in front of like Congress. Yeah, didn't he, he was lied? one of the ones. He, Sammy Sosa, you know, Rafael Palmeiro, they were all in front of Congress and saying they basically did not use steroids. So and then it, later they were able to prove that they had correct. And so that's why I, I don't get it because that's that's the part that's he went and lied and then was shown to have been lying. Why are you gonna? I get he was really good and he probably would have made the hall without cheating. But once you cheat, both you cheat. of them, both I of mean, them would have made a hall right, of fame true. without cheating. It, it, and it's uh, Lance Armstrong. He they went back and they took away all his titles because he was cheating, regardless of everybody else cheating. In fact, all those years are just vacant now because they right. figured so much, so many cyclists they, were cheating. Oh, it's a totally different t- topic. But cycling still has an issue, but. right? And so I, I just I could never vote for them. I, I realized their greatness. Barry Bonds was probably one of the greatest hitters without steroid use roger clemens Agreed. phenomenal pitcher and they just made the wrong choice and i think they, they should be punished for it so anyways that's my take on it but it was it was cool to see it's a record amount i forget the number it's in the last five years we've had 19 guys go in i think 
is what I'd read. And that's the most since like the fifties when they had like 13 guys go in. So it's, it's cool to see. I, I think, well, and I just wanted to say, I think one of the things that's happened in the internet era is a lot of guys are posting their ballots beforehand. We know how they're voting. And, and I think what is happening is you're getting more consensus around players, more debate about cl- players, whether they merit being in or out. And it, it, it's allowing players to actually get voted in in the past You'd, you wouldn't have these type of conversations. I think writers would just stick to their guns about who it was. You wouldn't have this public conversation about the value or the merits of a particular player's record and what they had achieved, which we do now have. And I think mm-hmm. it allows consensus to yeah. be formed and for players who really do uh, should be in the Hall of Fame to, to get voted in. And I think another part of that is the Saber Metrics movement, the push for that. And you've seen guys like Edgar Martinez recently, and I think uh, Omar Vizquel or whatever, or maybe he's not a good Saber stat. I can't remember. But that whole Saber, stat, uh, Saber uh, Metrics movement has really bolstered some guys because they've been able to prove maybe he wasn't as flashy or looked as good. Maybe his raw numbers weren't as good, but in comparison or, you know, whatever, X, Y, and Z, how they do it. He was a really good player, and they've been able to show this. And I think one we could talk about is Vladimir Guerrero. Exactly. I think that was a... I think you you have not only that, but, you know, if you go back to the 60s and 70s, you had only a sports writer in one particular city who would be able to speak with probably great passion and knowledge about a player's Hall of Fame or lack of Hall of Fame credentials, where today you can look at the statistics, you can look at the video. I mean, I I, could, I was able to look at the video of Vladimir Guerrero hitting a ball that had hit the ground first. One of my favorite clips. And his bat hit the ground before he hit the ball. Yeah, and he you got know, a... Did he get, get a, a double out of well, it? Well, he got a single out of it, and then the first baseman got caught off, and then they threw it in. I think it was a single with an error. He single went, plus, moved whatever. To, he moved to second on the play. So you have this, this trove of information that's now available. Not only is the debate open, everyone, but the information is available. The video is available. Because, yeah, like we know, Guerrero played in front of 10,000 fans every game in, in Montreal, probably the same 10,000 people uh, every day. And so he... You know, one argument was made that he played the best years of his career and no one saw him got to play, or very few people got to see him play. I, I And this is the only reason I know that he was very good for Montreal is I have an older baseball game that he's in, and I remember he was his stats were uber good. I'm like, who is this guy? I don't even know who this guy is. He played for Montreal at the Expos. I, what year is your game from? I think it was from 2003. Oh, that would be right about, you know, he. I think he went to the Angels in 2004. And uh, the way the years work, I think that's, that the rosters were from 2002 even. Okay. Yep. I, I I don't know. They, they title them weird. But yeah, it was, it was funny because he had amazing stats. So I'd always like in different modes try and get him on my team because he was super fast and could just crush the ball. So the only reason that I knew about him was that. And then the uh, I think the White Sox played against him in the playoffs, right? When they went to the World Series. Oh, when they, they played yeah, against he, the Angels. They would've, he would have yeah. been on that Angels roster, which yeah. would have been, yeah. That was the only game they lost. They went 11-1 and one in, what, Yes, they lost only to the Angels. Or something. They only lost the one they game they won the lost 2005, 2005, 2005 okay. World Series. Okay. So that's uh, that's only reason I know him is from my video game and from him playing the Sox. <laughs> but, yeah, because you were saying he actually, uh, the guys over at 538 were able to 
quantify it somehow that he played his best seasons in Montreal in front of nobody, but got more MVP votes when he went to LA. And that just tells you the gravity of playing in LA, how that affects people's perceptions of your skills and, and and lots of people being able to see you, obviously lots of sports writers there and um, different entities that are sports entities that'll see you play. I think you actually make a, a, another point or your, your, statement makes another point for how players are becoming more well-known. It's through the video game industry, because I'm guessing that many of these sports writers, you know, at, at this point in their, they're probably in their twenties and thirties grew up playing the similar video games and became familiar with players through their statistics in the games, Interesting. Uh, which you're saying current sports writers who are correct. about my age. Yeah, Interesting. Yeah. yeah. That might be true. Yeah. That's a, I, I hadn't even thought about that. Well, I think we'll finish up on, we'll talk a little bit about the NBA. I just thought it was really cool. There's a a Jersey retailer named Fanatics, and they realize that there's some anxiety. Oh, were they one of our sponsors, Fanatics? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so just, just mentioning we, we are looking for sponsors. But no, Fanatics, they, they, do, they provide this really cool. They're probably going, if more than four people listened, we might sponsor you. <laughs> they provide. I just thought it was cool. I, I don't really, I don't think I own any Fanatics stuff. But, you didn't know, we get I'd be a open free, to Didn't apparel. we get a T-Mobile yeah. Tuesday thing? We get t- stuff from them. Did they we? weren't there with the T-Mobile Tuesday. There's another potential sponsor. <laughs> We're Anyways. just we're name dropping all kinds of companies that no one's listening to us. And uh, Apple, this Microsoft, that <laughs> exactly. uh, <laughs> Surface Pro. No, um, yeah. So they, I guess maybe I do own some stuff of them. Regardless, they they sell uh, basketball jerseys is one of the things they sell, and I guess they noticed that people were had some anxiety around purchasing jerseys of their favorite players if they were worried about getting them getting traded, and so. Uh, let me see here. I can't remember the exact. How many days do they get? 90 days. Not, 90 days. So if you buy a jersey and that guy is traded within 90 days of buying it, you can turn it back in for the jersey of the team he went to or uh, a jersey of a different guy on the, the team that he was playing for before. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people, that it seems like in a very you're either going to be a fan of the player or of the team. So you'd want to trade it for someone else on the team or for that player in their new uniform. So yeah, that was the one I was confused at first. Cause I'm like, why would you want, like if Steph Curry went to a different team, wouldn't you still, and then I was like, Oh, people are just LeBron James fans or Steph Curry fans. They don't really care about their, yeah. I don't know why someone would just be a, the fan of just a player. You really, <laughs> of course we know some people who are like that, but yeah. <laughs> Anyways, and then the the best part is here we're gonna go we're gonna name drop again American Express if, if you buy <laughs> if you buy your jersey maybe if it, your your aunt is listening to the show she yeah. can talk to the marketing department and get us a <laughs> there we go if you use an American Express card I think you get a year which was. I'm like, that's insane, uh, a year. Cause, but anyways, I thought that was just a really cool thing that they're doing. I thought it was uh, worth mentioning. And then I forgot something from earlier. We'll end on it. We were talking about tennis. I saw this hilarious video, Roger Federer. We were talking about it earlier, but uh, I'll describe it. If you have, he had this insane mishit. I don't even, from watching the video, I can't understand why the ball would react that way. But, you know they're just hitting it back and forth and then he goes to hit it with his forehand and it, it just pops straight up in the air i i don't know how many feet it, but it went way up in the air for a couple seconds at least in the video you can tell it's quite a few seconds and then it lands in bounds like in play 
And the other guy smashes it. And then Federer returns that. Guy smashes it again. Federer returns that one really high. And then the guy loses the point because he hits the ball into the net. So Federer has this insanely bad misfire basically and wins the point and i i was trying to i i searched a bunch of videos i went to like tennis highlights the they're like the tennis website i went on youtube i went on espn i couldn't find a good highlight i'm like why why is there no good highlight of how high the ball went and then i'm like they probably don't have cameras meant for that because it doesn't happen. All you wanted to see how high it actually <laughs> yeah. went in the sky. Like, so you saw the replay, but you just can't see where the ball goes no, you because just, they don't play tennis at that altitude. I'm like, what, is the cameraman asleep? How is he not following the ball? And then I'm like, oh, the cameras are probably just set up and then they just go. <laughs> so it's not like, you know, any other sport where they, they track the ball. So I couldn't, maybe there is a shot out there where they show how high the ball went. It went. It had to be pretty high because, like I said, it was a few seconds at least where they're just standing there and then it finally lands. But I thought that was pretty funny watching that happen. Just, I'd never seen anything like that before. Have you? I have not. No, yeah. I can't say so. so. Well, I mean, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about? I have nothing to add. I guess we'll end there. All right. Have a great night.